Can electricity control animals? Are trees growing us? All these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life! Hello and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale and come to the conclusion as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. My name is Roy Powers and across from me sits the one and only Kit Greer. Thank you for addressing me with the reverence that I am due. Rory, I was a little concerned before we hit record here that uh, those edibles that you said, don't worry, bro, I've got a high tolerance. They ain't making a dent. Uh, And then you came out with that, our trees growing us statement. And I'm starting to worry that it's going to impact the pod. That's a statement that I had been wanting to ask for a long time. And the pot brownies gave me a good opening. (laughs) (laughs) They provided the answer. I actually went to the bathroom, flushed the brownies down the toilet and came out saying, do trees grow us? (laughs) I'm not high and I need to know it. (laughs) On account of being a narc, I had to flush them down the toilet. Uh, It's a good question. Because, you know, some people, you could say that uh, trees outlive humans. And when humans die... They are buried in the ground where they decompose and become food for the trees, for the plants. That's pretty messed up, isn't it? They kind of do grow us and they kind of eat us as well. That's quite beautiful. You know, people always say we're made of stardust because stars that exploded a million years ago, their carbon and atoms literally make up our bodies. But the same is also true for other things such as poop. We are also made of poop. Is that true? Um, Uh, (laughs) Sure. What what percent? (laughs) It depends on the person. You, my friend, you poopy (laughs) son of a bitch. You're 100% (laughs) shit. Imagine you did one of those like DNA tests. (laughs) You like spit in a jar and you send it off and you're like, I can't wait to find out, you know, am I like Irish, Scandinavian? Do I have like a a Middle Eastern background? It's just 100% poop emoji. What? And your partner gets 100% stardust. Yeah. I'm starting to think I should have uh, sent them a blood sample instead of shitting in a box (laughs) and mailing it to their office. Uh, Look, we don't like to dilly-dally at the start of the podcast. We like to dive straight into the paranormal, straight off into the deep end. Whether the pool's been filled or not, we deal with that problem in the air. So let's get started. Sorry, are you providing your own sound effects? I'm sure today? we'll add it in, but I just want to make sure that it is happening in the edit as well. Okay, because it sounds bad. Well, it's because I'm sure there'll be some auto-tune in the process. Do you think Lady Gaga sings her own songs without auto-tune? No, she doesn't. Everyone uses auto-tune. Well, she doesn't days, sing so every fine. instrument. She just does <clears throat> the, her bit, which I feel like you should stick to. Right, get, I can sing Gaga. Carry my, carry my, yo, you carry my poker Do you have a case for today? (laughs) Of course I have a case. You think these are all blank pages? Is that what you think? I can see the front one is. You think that I... speak for the ones in the middle and back. You think that I came to your house without a case, asked if I could use your printer, printed off 74 blank pages, and then uh, tried to escape out your bathroom window before realizing it was locked? Is that what you think is happening right now? And now I'm here in the studio, sweating bullets, looking at blank pages. You're right. That would be a crazy thing to do. I don't know why I would think that. And yet here we are, 10 minutes into an episode. We don't know where we are. You started singing Lady Gaga (laughs) songs a minute ago. F*** it. New Gaga song. (laughs) You said we didn't want to dilly-dally at the top of the episode. All right, fine. Today's case. Oh, is it a big one? My I hope so. God, it's 
So it's really like, something after delaying right. the start of his for this long, it would need to have a big payoff. It's going to be a big one. It sure is. It's uh, it's paranormal and it's terrifying. Okay. And um, just let me just one second. Just gonna um, there's gonna be a quick call really fast. Okay. Yeah. Can you send? Can you send something over? I don't just anything. Just send anything over. Who are you talking to? Find any Wikipedia article and just just email it over to my to my uh, okay. So you to my email. This is great. No, not the so Gmail. I go and I wait for you to finish the call as well. Send, send it to the Hotmail one, the uh, .co.uk. Beastmap, Beastmaster at hot, at Hotmail. No, Beastmaster sixty nine. Don't say your email address on the puck. That's insane. All right, send, send, send it over. Address. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so so now I'm ready. Sorry you, about you that. You don't that was have a, <laughs> that was a you personal. Clearly case. don't have an episode ready, and you could have just told me at any point. We can stop the podcast right now. We don't even have to release this. We'll just take a couple hours. You put something together. I'm so insulted that you don't think that I have a case ready. The, I heard you on the telephone I'm saying, "Send me literally anything, any <laughs> Wikipedia link." I'm so insulted that I I think I need a little five minute break to just check my emails because. That's what you do when you're insulted. I really think that. Hey, I've got a case. I do have a case. There we go. Came in. I mean, it was here. It is here. I'm holding it. It came Sorry. in while Sorry. you were looking at your phone. All right. <laughs> oh, here we go. After the phone call where you this asked old... to Beastmaster. <laughs> Beastmaster69 at hotmail.co.uk. You son of a. If you're going to insult me, do it right. So you did have that telephone conversation we all heard. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> is this being recorded? Because I've said some incriminating shit. Look, let's dive into today's case that I have prepared and have had had prepared for quite a while. It was the spring of 1974 on Fort George Island, Florida, and the Betts family lived in a huge house that they nicknamed the Castle. It was surrounded by woodland, and while things were usually pretty quiet, this night was different. You see, not far from their home, smoke was billowing in the forest. It wasn't long before a full-on bushfire was raging, flames spreading through the woods. But by morning, the fire was out. When they awoke, three members of the Betts family decided to head out and inspect the scene. Mom Jerry and Dad Anton were raking through the charred undergrowth with their oldest son Terry when they noticed a silver ball among the ashes that they'd never seen before. Hey Mom! Dad! Look at this! What do you got there, son? A cannonball? It was bright silver, but heavily scratched and was much bigger than a typical cannonball. In fact, it was closer to the size of a bowling ball. Sorry, why would there be a cannonball in the first place? I don't know. Civil War What do you got there, son? A medieval suit of armor? (laughs) Uh, Some sort of... I don't know. So a Civil War relic, possibly. As I the guess only you're right. I guess you're right. It's Florida, so kind of near the coast. So maybe there was some sort of pirate uh, warfare that took place. I like that. The object was smooth, except for small triangles engraved into the side of the ball. Uh, I actually have a picture of it right here. Yes, if you please. Take a little peek. Getting straight in there with the evidence. Yes, please. Okay. Is this a to scale image? It is absolutely not a to scale. I did print it quite largely. That was <laughs> unnecessary, though. <laughs> I used up a lot of ink. Yeah, to do Rory that printed one. I this on an A one sheet. I didn't even know my printer could do that. 
It looks like uh, it does look like a cannonball. I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, this is if you squint, it looks like a planet. If you don't, it looks like a cannonball. It's just a ball of silver heavily scratched. I don't see the triangular markings, but I'm sure they're somewhere else on the ball. Yeah, possibly on the other side. Mm. Well, thinking that they'd found a neat piece of American history, they picked it up and carried it home. It took a lot of effort too, because it seemed disproportionately heavy for its size. After the family managed to drag it home, they weighed the object to find out that it weighed 22 pounds, which is uh, 10 kg. All right. So it's pretty pretty heavy. Not, yeah. not out of this world. What heavy. size did you say it was physically? Like a bowling ball. Oh, a bowling ball. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. 10 kg. That's heavy, though. But the longer the sphere was in the house, the more they suspected it wasn't what they originally thought. Not only because of the object's odd appearance, but also because of what it did. I mean, a cannonball shouldn't do anything. <laughs> right. Especially without the facilitation of a cannon. It should <laughs> yeah. just be, be. It should just exist. If your cannonball is doing something, that's, uh, that's, that's problematic. One lazy afternoon, the son, Terry, was hanging out at home, messing around on his guitar. The silver sphere was sitting there in the corner of the room. But as soon as Terry started playing, it began throbbing, almost as if it was humming along to the music. This thing likes rock and roll, okay. <laughs> the family's poodle whimpered and put her paws over her ears as the ball vibrated, prompting Terry to drop the guitar and comfort her. Hey, it's all right, girl. I won't do that again. Sure was weird, though. But the strangeness didn't stop there. A few days later, the family were hanging out in the living room and started absent-mindedly just rolling the ball around the floor. They've angered the ball now. <laughs> they moved it from its sacred habitat. They've taken it into their home. They've offended it with some big amateur guitar lessons. Yeah. And uh, now they're tossing it around like a plaything. Yeah, this is this is the equivalent of a um, an Egyptian excavator or archaeologist breaking into a tomb uh, picking up the skull of an ancient mummy and filling it with Diet Coke. <laughs> it's insulting. Just leave it. If you're not going to use it for something, just leave it be. You don't need to roll it around the floor. Don't break off the mummy's dusty arm and use it as a ass scratcher. <laughs> right. It's just insulting. I mean, would you do this? Did you think if you thought you would find something a la a cannonball of the Civil War era... Would you be rolling it around? Do you think you would want to Animal Crossing style run it by the local aisle at the museum first? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a really good question. I guess um, it depends what the object is. I feel like a cannonball, you would almost feel like a bit of a dumbass bringing that to, you know, a museum mm. or a curator just in case they're like, you found a ball of metal. I don't know. How would I know what this is? I can't mm -hmm. date this. So if you're just going to keep it as a souvenir, yeah, I guess maybe you would just kind of fidget with it now and again. I, like, I'm the kind of person that if I am on the phone, I basically, for the whole duration of the phone call, black out. And as soon as I hang up, I don't know how I got to where I was or how I'm holding what I'm holding. Yeah. Oh, you know? it's impossible to just stay on the phone and just sit there talking like a psycho. Yeah, yeah. You like, gotta do something. Because especially now where I FaceTime a lot. So, so many times like mid FaceTime call, the other person on the phone will be like, where are you? 
Yeah. And I'm like three blocks away with an ice cream sandwich in my hands. Just like, what? With what? a knife with blood on it. <laughs> oh, what happened? <laughs> Holding a medieval cannonball. Yeah, I, I, I can see this. You know, if this thing's been in your house for a long time, you're just like, f*** it. What are we going to do tonight? Roll, kick the ball around, you know? Okay. Fidgeting. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I just want to raise the questions where they're, where they're necessary. But I agree. This is relatively normal behavior. This is what the show is all about. Questions and sometimes answers. So the family sat there fidgeting, rolling the ball. So what do you guys want for dinner tonight? I don't know. Maybe spaghetti and corn? Spaghetti and corn again? I tell you, if it wasn't for Taco Tuesday, every day in this house we'd all of a sudden, the ball stopped in its tracks. What the hell? The ball had stopped in the middle of the room. It then slowly started rolling back to the person who pushed it. The family continued to roll the sphere and couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was stopping in place, changing direction, moving all by itself. Oh shit. Yeah, this is pretty scary, isn't it? At first I thought this was just some kind of ancient Alexa uh, but it's actually OP. It's actually an Alexa. ancient Roomba. <laughs> this thing has a mind of its own. The son, Terry, was particularly drawn in by the sphere and started doing his own experiments on it. I think I, I gave <laughs> I gave Terry a child's voice earlier on in the, the story. I think he is more of a man than a boy. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why I think son and think 11 years old. So he started doing his own experiments on the ball. First off... He hit it with a hammer. I don't know if you can call that an experiment. I guess it is to some degree. But when he did hit it, he noted that it rang like a bell. And when he shook it, there was something rattling inside. Well, probably now that you broke it with a goddamn hammer, it, it made the noise was inside. It made the noise before the hammer okay. hit. And there was always that hammer-shaped dent in the side. That was also <laughs> there. He popped it on a glass table to see how it would behave on a perfectly flat surface. It would roll right to the edge of the table and then stop. Then it would roll in the opposite direction to the other side and back again over and over. This thing is too smart. Yeah. This is it's getting worrying. Creepy, isn't it? They all agreed it was like the sphere was trying to make it to the ground as safely as possible. So it is kind of like an intergalactic Roomba. You know, it can detect the ledges and then it's like, well, can't go that way. Oh, can't go that way. Can't go that way. It's like stuck on this table. And it's kind of hard to know, isn't it? At first, you might think, oh, this thing's just got like a weird center of gravity. That's why it's moving around. Like, like I'm pretty sure they, they've made a shape. I don't know what it's called, but uh, it's like a shape that like no matter uh, what way you put it down, it will like move and flip over to the, to the way it wants to be. Right. So you right. can make interesting shapes that will move around, but um, eh, there's no kind of shape that goes back and forward across <laughs> the table over and over again. This kind of reminds me of, um, did you ever have that toy when you were a kid? It was like uh, the weasel ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's like uh, this electric ball that you put batteries in. And for some reason, it has like a, a little fluffy toy weasel attached to it. And the idea is that the, this ball just moves by itself. It rolls around mm-hmm. and the weasel flip flaps all over the place. This kind of like in my head is a version of that without the weasel, obviously. It's just this weird ball moving back and forward. But yeah. he's maybe a little more self-aware than the weasel ball was. Because I did smash the weasel ball with a hammer. <laughs> and uh, I must understand your secrets. <laughs> I originally thought it was an old-timey Civil War weasel um, before taking it to a museum where I was quickly thrown out. 
The adults in the family were starting to get concerned that this thing was being possibly operated remotely. Either oh from... shit, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty spooky, isn't it? Either from somewhere else in Florida, elsewhere on Earth, or even outside of Earth. Or even outside of Florida. God forbid. Some f***er in f Michigan <laughs> is remote controlling this thing. Can you imagine those there's a, psychos? There's a weasel in Georgia controlling the ball. <laughs> and if all of this wasn't enough to get the family worried, they really started to freak out when the ball started defying gravity. Yeah, that's a red flag. When they raised one end of the table, instead of rolling off the end like a normal ball, it spun around in place before heading up the incline oh, boy. <laughs> towards the raised end of the table. This is when you start looking into buying a cage like you would get for a caged animal. I think they did do that eventually uh, to keep this thing under control so it wouldn't just roll around the house bumping into things. Terry also noticed that it seems like the ball was more active when the sun was shining. He suspected it was fueled by solar radiation. Interesting. Curiously, if the ball was shaken vigorously and then placed on the floor, it would roll around and it sounded like as if there was motion inside the sphere. The family decided it must be some kind of gyroscope, judging by the way it could right itself and move unprovoked. The Betts family ended up having to keep the ball in a box to keep it rolling around the house by itself at night. They find whenever they dunked the ball in brandy, it appeared to get lit and would make squiggling walking drunk motions around the table. One of the comparisons for this case is actually the case that I did a week ago, two weeks ago, the Kara UFO incident. Mm -hmm. Because even though the object in that story was kind of like a hat, like a flying saucer, the top part was very orb-like and it was completely sealed over. And a lot of people draw comparisons between these two cases saying that this object is a lot like the Kara object. Very interesting. This could be like the Kara 2.0. I mean, this did happen in a very similar time period. Wasn't Kara 1971 or something? Oh, yeah, you're right, actually. It's only a couple of years apart. Mm, but on distant parts of the Earth as well. Very interesting. Things really got strange when the family started hearing creepy organ music playing. What? Playing in their house at all hours of the day. I forgot about this part. <laughs> okay. I maybe should have cut on. this Let's part. dwell on this for a second. <laughs> so this thing's going from... So t let's be clear. This music is coming from the ball. Yeah, I believe so. It's not like the ball is rolling up and down an organ that exists in the house. The ball I don't bought an organ. <laughs> got it shipped to the house. The ball was seen playing Van Halen's Jump. It was actually pretty good. You know how fast a ball has to move to play that guitar solo? What the f*** are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Okay. This so is this is the only part in this case where things get a little bit strange uh, because it starts to edge a little bit into the more like haunted supernatural side of this case. Interesting. And this bit doesn't last for long. Um, on top of the organ sounds, uh, doors started slamming around the house as if it was haunted. Jesus. The family were kind of getting sick of this mysterious ball causing trouble. So the mother, Jerry, thought it would be a good time to seek expert opinion. Yeah, it's a couple of weeks too late, I'll say. Yeah, I don't know what the time frame is from them discovering the ball to getting to this point. 
Too long. It, Whatever it, was, it is, too long. As soon as it started rolling up the table the wrong way, <laughs> seek professional advice. I don't know what professional that is, by the way. Maybe a priest. Yeah, I'm not sure because now it's kind of haunted, so I don't really know who you get involved. Well, the person they did get involved was named Ron Kivett, the host of paranormal radio show Tales of Strange Things. Fair enough. He came and took a bunch of photos and interviewed Jerry, the mom, uh, who eventually became like the family spokesperson for the ball. Hmm. While Kivett was at the house, he saw the bad sphere in action with his own eyes, and it didn't take long for him to conclude that whatever this thing was, it was from another planet. Whoa. Okay, so we're like you say, we're getting mixed messages. I'm sure many listeners at home were edging on the side of another planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the organ music threw us a curveball, pardon <laughs> did, the pun, yeah. but he thinks it's still of extraterrestrial origin. That was a good pun, by the way. Sorry, I, I, I talked over it a little bit, I think. So if you could, del- you, if you want, you could like deliver it again. And we could get like a clearer take because it was it genuinely was really funny. So I think I, I'll just I won't speak this time over it. Oh, sure. Um, I think the organ music threw us a little bit of a curveball. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Thanks, man. It's actually weird. weird. It's actually rare for you to. I love that. Congratulate me on a joke. Usually after the episode is over, we hit start recording. You go usually chastise me for all the mistakes I made throughout it. You get at me and say the, the jokes I tried to make didn't didn't land. I need to do better next time. So it's uh, weird to get praise. Those episodes, you didn't drop a golden pun like this is what I'm saying. So if you keep this up, then we're laughing, baby. We're going to be winning awards. We're going to be having our own TV show. Just keep that gold coming, Malvena. I'm all loving right. it. I'm all loving right. It. If I had known you like puns, you know, there's more like hey. Well, I came from. Well, from that point onward, the case exploded in popularity. So, uh, what do you got? What do you got for me now? Pun, uh, pun, pun guy. <clears throat> Let's see. You're just sorry. I just kind of threw it at me, but let me think for a second. Uh, I guess this thing exploded like a Civil War era cannonball, huh? Jesus Christ. Oh, we need to. We, we can. We, we have to. I think we have to stop. Oh well, don't be mad about no, it. No, I we think can, we, have we can to edit stop. it from the. On the podcast. I was, what do you mean we have to stop? I think I have to stop the podcast. That was <laughs> f- off. There's no way we have to stop. We can edit it. We edit that stuff was out so all the time. Bad. That Ten it's... minutes ago, you went on a diatribe about the Civil War that didn't land anywhere. We had to cut the whole thing. I just don't think I can continue in good faith, having gone, having lived through that. I feel like how how will I ever smile again? Having that poison, having that. Awful, awful poison like, in my brain. It was a, a bad joke. It wasn't poison. What are you talking about? I've never seen you this annoyed was, about anything I, I in just, the show's history. This is what I get for giving you that attaboy. Honestly, I shouldn't have encouraged this. This is my fault. I blame myself as much as I blame you. No, actually, I blame you a little more. Wow. I truly You're really do, being childish was, about this. I, tr- I made bad. a joke and, okay, it wasn't great, sure, but. Yeah. All right. You're just sitting in silence. Sorry. This is no, we can, bizarre. Uh, I mean, this is way worse than what I did on the podcast. Look, I'm just going to push on, okay? We'll just try and forget that ever happened. Well, reporters and photographers flock to the house faster than a Civil War era cannonball. Okay, that's enough. From that's a- enough. That's <laughs> quite enough. What? You took exactly what I said. But it was about the delivery. It was about how I said it. I didn't blink. I didn't think. And I went for it. And I actually had the balls to pull it off. Because there was potential in the joke shirt. Sure. But the way you delivered it, it fell flat. You took about two minutes to yell at me for saying it and only to turn around a couple seconds later and deliver the same line over again. And I nailed it. What can I say? 
because I had that perfect delivery that was bright and it was light. Your delivery was heavy, all right? Like a Civil War era cannonball. You know, that was that was the same line. Okay. It's a good line when I say it and when I say it right. Do you, you want me to do me to do any any more uh, puns? In yeah, future? I do. Because but just run them by me first, and then maybe I'll say them. There's if no I way think I'm going to do that because <laughs> say say what you want, and I'll decide whether or not it's cut, and I'll decide whether or not later in my bedroom I record it on my own mic That's and put it into the. You podcast. can't do that. That's there's no way. I think I might do that. I think I might do that. There's no way that you would just cut my voice out of the podcast. Thanks for stopping there, Kit. I'm glad that we agree and we're on the same page. Now to continue the story, which I am now uh, reading in the studio and not, uh, yeah. Reporters and photographers flocked to the house just to catch a glimpse of this magic ball. And Jerry wasn't shy about showing it to them. She would set the thing down, let it roll all over the place, showing the press what it could do. One reporter from the Jacksonville Journal remembers his encounter vividly. She told me to put it on the floor and give it a push. It rolled away and stopped. So what? She said, just wait a minute. It turned by itself and rolled about four feet. It stopped. Then again, it turned and rolled to the left about eight feet. It made a big arc and came back right to my feet. So interesting Jeez. that, you know, press are being brought to see this thing and it's actually performing, which is amazing. Pretty rare for a case in this paranormal life. We've heard it so many times where, you know, it's the family that cries wolf and then the press show up, the investigators show up and coincidentally, the ghost is a little shy that day or the demon's on vacation. I right, just say Jeff the Mongoose, all right? We're all thinking it. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, one of the most infamous cases in TPL history was a talking mongoose living in, I, I don't remember, the walls of a house. in the walls, yeah. Who famously wouldn't shut the f*** up as well until anyone else outside right. the family. Until anyone that didn't believe in him visited the house. It's actually kind of a miracle that he... That, that story's as famous as it is. Yeah, it was a two-parter as well on the, on the show. Okay, that's quite enough. Um, yeah, we have, a, we have a case here where the paranormal phenomena is happening in front of the press, which we love. But with all of that media attention, it wasn't long before the Betts family had another knock on their door. The U.S. Navy. Oh. They'd heard about the sphere's unusual properties and wanted to check it out for themselves. Ma'am? We're gonna need to take that now. We've got a team on standby at the station in Jacksonville, ready to go. Now, to her credit, Jerry stood her ground and actually laid down some rules before she let the ball leave the house. She drew up a contract, giving the Navy two weeks for their investigation, demanding that the ball wouldn't be cut in half or damaged, and that it would be returned unless it was found to be government property and not to get it wet, and least of all, to feed it after midnight. I didn't know you could do this. I didn't know you could just bargain with the law. Yeah. A lot of these cases, the government, the Navy, the Army, the MIBs show up and pretty much do whatever they want and take whatever they want. So uh, I got a lot of respect for Jerry, you know, standing her ground and being like, F you, you want to take my ball? You have to sign this contract. <laughs> you i realize that i have no power to stop you taking the ball because you will just murder me otherwise but uh let's set some ground rules and it worked the officer signed the contract and left with the ball <laughs> the ball spent two weeks in guantanamo bay being interrogated within an inch of its life the ball's wearing a little orange jumpsuit they crack it open almost immediately <laughs> right on her porch 
Thank you, ma'am. We will treat it with the utmost respect. Yuck! It was full of bees. <laughs> there were bees inside. It was a nest. Immediately, the naval officers put the ball to the test. One of the first things that struck them was how magnetic the ball was. It had four magnetic poles, two north and two south. What? This led them to their first key finding. The ball was made of common stainless steel. Wow. Not the most paranormal start. It's just a regular kind of steel ball. Sure. The ball could also withstand 120,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. That's cool. I don't know if that's a lot. Yeah, for a solid ball of steel. Uh, who knows? Because I feel like, um, you know, a measurement like pounds of pressure per square inch, that could be the kind of thing where, you know, an ant could hold like 500,000 pounds of pressure per square. I don't know what that means. It's, so it's kind true. of arbitrary to me. Yeah, like, I, like I've heard facts like, did you know your teeth can bite through, you know, can exert, yeah, 100 pounds of pressure? I don't know what, what that means. What does that mean? Who knows? It's like uh, when you have those video games where you like get a headshot and they give you half a million points and you're like, oh yeah, well points are redundant now because that's absurd. You know, I don't know what that means. Yeah. You could have just made that five points and this would be a lot easier to understand. It's very arbitrary. Yes. It really is. But it would explain why uh, Terry wasn't able to make a dent in this bish with a hammer. It's true. And unfortunately, while they're doing the tests, of course, they weren't able to fully deploy the amount of pressure they wanted because it would have been at risk of splitting the ball, which is against the contract. So this was only just the limit they tested up to. Well, I feel like if, they had, if it had crushed it, they didn't do this knowing it wasn't going to dent it, did they? Uh, they were trying to dent it. They're, they had a pretty... They're scientists, you know? They had an idea that this would probably not crush it. But they're I like, like don't it, worry, we'll get it back to you in one piece. We're going to give it the utmost respect. Then they're like, <laughs> fire up the crushinator! <laughs> the what? <laughs> fire the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty ballsy to be like, to sign the contract to be like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're still going to see how f hard it is. The sphere's remarkable balance was also intriguing to them. It must have been designed for some specific purpose to be so steady. They couldn't determine how or why it was made, but thought it must have been manufactured on Earth. They x-rayed it, but their machine was too weak to penetrate the ball. Okay. Finally, they managed to find a more powerful scanner and discovered that the ball was hollow. The material was only a quarter inch thick, and there were two minuscule metal spheres trapped inside. Interesting. This thing is weird, isn't thickens. it? The plot thickens. A lot of people have been on record to be like, there are no welding marks on it. This mm -hmm. ball has never been split before. It looks like a solid ball of mm -hmm. steel. And yet it's hollow with two balls inside? Finally, they were ready to make their conclusion. We believe that the ball was made on Earth. The stuff inside is probably a manufacturing mistake. Uh, now I know what you're thinking. How did the ball move around by itself? Well, we believe that the floor of the Betts' house is simply uneven and caused it to roll around. There will be no questions, goodbye. Sir, New York Times, we just have a simple question. Unleash the snipers. Snipers, take aim. What? <laughs> this is one of those puzzling uh, tales where clearly they don't want to say what's really going on, which calls into question why they called a press conference at all. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty wild to have this object, which 
multiple news reporters have claimed was doing loop-de-loops in the in the kitchen yeah and to say that the reason why it was doing that is because the floor was uneven but we see this stuff all the time the so-called rational explanation that is way too simplistic to possibly explain the phenomenon that's been experienced yeah unless the bets live in a pinball table there's no reason why this ball should be flying all around the place (laughs) oh they live in alton towers actually so yeah (laughs) it's quite quite a few loop-de-loops well to be fair that's a good time to bring this up uh, as I did say at the start of the story, the Betts' house was called The Castle. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was a little weird. It was a little <laughs> uneven. <laughs> it was old. It was built in the 1920s. Uh, the Betts family were the first people to live in it all year round since its construction. Hmm. I mean, from this picture alone, you get a pretty good idea of what we're looking at. What the hell is this? That's the Betts <laughs> family castle. <laughs> well, this side of the quote-unquote castle has been demolished. <laughs> There are doors leading to nowhere. Well, I think that's Raw a modern wood picture. wooden brick. Okay, this is after they lived in it, I guess. Yeah, the, not the current situation. It's basically a rundown kind of barn house situation with, but it does, to be fair, have a kind of uh, tower and uh, some kind of little turret and balcony on the tower. It is on a hill, for it sure. Is. It is. But I am assuming that the floors on the inside are not following that, that uh, slant. One would imagine. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Imagine. So the Betts family and the rest of the world were left with a hugely disappointing conclusion. But just because the Navy was done with it, it didn't mean that the case was over. In fact, 
several scientists decided to do their own investigations on the sphere, including the one and only Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Hit the alarm! The legend himself! I think I've probably said this every single time this dude comes up in a case. We have to do a full episode just on Dr. J. Allen Hynek. He pops up in so many paranormal cases all across America. Uh, anytime a there's a UFO. Zorro of, of the paranormal. <laughs> he swoops in on a rope into a paranormal situation. It's true, yeah. Takes out a little thin sword. Uh, investigates it, carves his name, and people are like, but what did you do? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> and then he's beamed up into the <laughs> night sky. Uh, he, I, uh, while I was doing um, some touch-ups on this case, I went to his Wikipedia page, mm. just because he's such a fascinating guy who's led such an incredible life. And he's been involved in so many different um, projects and operations it is so funny to just go through the Wikipedia entry and read the names of some of these like operations. Right. You know, it'll just be something like, uh, yeah, in uh, 1960, he was involved in like Operation Revenge. <laughs> it's like, what is this? Like it has its whole own Wikipedia yeah. page. You're like, this is such a rabbit hole. You could be on this for hours. And you know, like all those government project names, they're either really... um boring or really exciting oh yeah like it, it's not that like they're always pretty low-key sometimes it's operation paperclip sometimes it's operation moonbeam like, yeah yeah there's no consistency i think my favorite one which i believe was legitimately the name of a government program which was i think it i think we talked about before project nuke the moon oh yeah which, classic classic uh, project i'm scared now to go on record because I can't remember fully, but I am almost 100% sure that was a legitimate government program at one point. <laughs> Dr. J. Allen Hynek was part of a team made up of five ufologists that were also scientists in their own right. I love the idea that uh, it was made up of five ufologists. Don't worry, they were also scientists. <laughs> I feel like they I weren't need to bring just that crazy. To fully investigate the sphere, Dr. Hynek even went all the way from Chicago to Florida stayed in the Betts' family home, sleeping with the ball in his room overnight. All right, it's a little close for comfort, guy. <laughs> I do kind of like his, his approach, you know, where he's like, you know, these, these Navy guys, they want to put it in a lab. Right. They want to take it out of its comfort zone. I want to be with the ball. I want to sleep with the ball. I want to show it a good time. I want to lick the ball, wine and dine the ball, f*** the ball. Uh, you know, he... what. He lives it. It makes sense, doesn't it? It's like you want this thing to open up. Well, how do you get a person to open up? You don't crush them with a thousand pounds of pressure. Yeah. You uh, ask them questions and be nice to them, and then they'll open up and tell you their story. I would love it if that is his approach to everything he's a part of. They're like, oh, uh, Dr. Heineck, uh, we need your help uh, handling this incredibly dangerous uh, radioactive piece of space metal. I don't want to just handle it. I want to touch the metal. The metal. You can't Eat touch the metal. the metal. You will die. <laughs> I want to sleep with the metal in a magic castle. <laughs> Have you already been eating the metal? Because you've been off for a couple weeks now and your lips are green. By the end of their examination, most of the team, including Dr. Heineck, had decided that the strange orb was not UFO related. Hmm. Another disappointing conclusion. However, one scientist on the team thought otherwise. Dr. James Harder. Now, he was a hydraulic engineer and a member of the National Enquirer's UFO panel, 
and he couldn't believe that his colleagues thought this thing was man-made. In a newspaper article, he even said, I don't see how Dr. Hynek could be sure whether it's man-made or not without running further tests. There hasn't been enough research done on the thing to declare it to be man-made or otherwise. And I can't understand why Dr. Hynek is so interested in the thing if he thinks it isn't UFO-related. Frustrated, Dr. Harder decided to continue his investigation alone. This is such a good setup for, like, a, a, a villain. You know, the team of scientists where everyone gave <laughs> up and he's like, no, you're fools. I will continue the experiments. You know, and he goes off by himself and then, I don't know, the ball rolls up his ass and into his brain and then starts controlling him. Oh, yeah, you know, you know like Heineck that. replying. He's like, Harder, you know the ball is too powerful. We can't control it and that's why we must condemn it to the vaults. Yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a coward. You're a coward, Heineck. You, you, science is about pushing the boundaries. That's what I plan on doing. Let go of my arm, Harder. You're squeezing it. You're scaring me, Harder. <laughs> the ball has already given me its power and secrets. <laughs> well, he decided to head back to inspect the site where the orb was initially found and noticed a number of dead trees at the spot the ball was discovered. Mm. When it came to the sphere itself, he thought that it might be hollow, but it couldn't be completely empty. It was just too heavy. It had to be filled with some kind of fluid. He weighed the orb x-rayed the orb, studied the orb, but of course, because of the contract drawn up by the family, he was never able to crack it open. Because of his belief that the little balls inside had a huge atomic number, Harder believed that what he was dealing with was possibly an alien atomic bomb. Holy, uh, uh, you know, I'm not shutting that idea down, but it is a little bit of a leap of the imagination <laughs> from currently... Uh, an intergalactic Roomba to alien um, weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, I, I can appreciate how specific it is. I feel like there is a certain level of maybe not evidence, mm -hmm. but um, facts to back it up. You know, if he does believe that the contents inside the sphere have a huge atomic number, that they play some part in the mechanism. You know, bomb. That's yeah, kind of what a bomb is. It's, it's, a, just it's like... a hypothesis, isn't it? Because as you say, they know that it's the outside is stainless steel. They know how much stainless steel weighs. They know how much the whole ball weighs. Therefore, yeah. they know how much the contents must weigh. It's a little bit of a backwards puzzle. What if like, right, just throwing some, throwing some ideas out here, right? Okay. Throwing some shit at the wall. Let's see what sticks. What if it was an alien atomic bomb that was dropped on Earth at some point in the Earth's history, or as recently as that bushfire started, and they wanted it to detonate and basically wipe the planet of all life, but they miscalculated the gravitational force of the Earth's planet, mm -hmm. thinking that it was stronger and that it would pull the ball down harder and detonate it, when in fact the gravitational pull wasn't strong enough to pull the bomb down and detonate it, so it just landed in the garden. You can't have just thought of that this second. I think I just did. And okay. I think that actually is the answer. And I think Harder is right. <laughs> now that I think of it. And I definitely don't think we should split it open now like a fucking Kinder Egg. Because it would level the world. Uh, it's an interesting hypothesis. Yeah. Rory Harder powers. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like these lines of we know, inquiry. You don't seem convinced. Is it's the only pretty thing. Uh, depressing to think that if there is alien life out there that we are trying to <laughs> desperately make contact with, they don't even have... It's like getting dumped <laughs> over text. 
the aliens don't even have the the decency to say hi here's why we're exterminating you right. they just had a look through a telescope and decided that we needed to all die before we even know they exist yeah. they're trying to kill us <laughs> uh, you know to them we're like we're just like animals you know on, on this planet so they don't have to explain it would you explain to a monkey why you're gonna shoot it before you shoot it well, I wouldn't shoot the monkey in the first place. It's a weird analogy. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a hypothetical. I was sure you were going to go with like a, a, ter a termite colony or something. No, like no, 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 no. It's no. A, very, a monkey. It's a specifically shoot a, a monkey. monkey. And it's a hypothetical situation. Like if you went to London Zoo um, and you did, you freed okay. a monkey because sure. you thought it would be like a fun pet to have around the house. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly you realize that the monkeys are not like they are in cartoons. Okay. They, they eat and they shit and they don't like playstation fives i was reading about this this story last week about how a couple of monkeys went, went missing from london zoo it's a bit of a weird one because the zoo isn't even open it could be so me because i've only got one someone monkey, broke so. in all right so you do have a zero monkey. monkeys i meant to say zero monkeys i i if that was me were me you do have zero monkeys i wouldn't have i would have taken one monkey but you said that there were multiple that were freed well, like they, the guy they, who broke the cage accidentally set them all free. Well, that's the thing. If someone <laughs> broke in, probably the rest of them got out. So. <laughs> but back to the, because I do need to know this kind of before we wrap. You Would you try and explain to the monkey why you have to so you put shot it the down? Monkey. You shot a monkey. Well, I haven't yet. I'm trying to find out whether I should try and explain to it. Because right now he doesn't seem to be obeying any of my demands. I don't think he speaks English. No, no, he wouldn't. Okay, so you're thinking just shoot him maybe. I think hand yourself into the police. Let them deal with the monkey. Well, we're getting a little bit off topic here, and we really do need to wrap this up because um, I know people throw around the phrase a lot. I got a monkey on my back, but uh, I very much do, and I need, to, I need to get back to my apartment as soon as possible. So Harder thought it could be an atomic alien bomb, but again, all of his theories couldn't be proven without cutting the sphere in half. He was keen to chop it up, despite thinking it might destroy the world. Be worth it though, wouldn't it? But of course, Jerry Betts wouldn't budge. Eventually, Harder had to hand it back over to the family without the answers he so desperately craved. I, I'm I'm not even on Jerry's side anymore. Like, we need to know what's inside this thing. It's not like a living thing. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe to the family, it kind of is. I think they're kind of treating it Get like a, a dog. pet. Get a dog. Would Absolutely you rather have Get a, a dog. dog or an intergalactic alien anal bead that rolls yeah, around the dog, house a dog <laughs> still a dog even more a dog at this point uh <laughs> that's, that's even more depressing than the alien nuke is that it's a vibrating <laughs> alien anal bead <laughs> a single bead um that must be a huge butthole if that is the case <laughs> <laughs> something just something to think about size of a bowling ball this is the reason Ow, i mean. wasn't invited to be part of the team of scientists <laughs> Well, after years of investigations, the Betts family were done. They'd had enough of the constant phone calls, the media attention, and weirdo scientists coming to spend seven minutes in heaven with their mystery sphere. <laughs> in fact, even now, Jerry pretty much refuses to talk about it. Now, this is usually where we do a nice little conclusion and talk about some possible explanations, mm -hmm. but we can forget all of that bullshit because there's still a mystery to be solved. You see, Kit, the bet sphere is missing. What? No one knows where it is or what happened to it. I feel like Jerry knows. Jerry seems to be the 
puppet master and all of this. <laughs> if you're so protective of the sphere, you won't let anyone touch it. I think you know where it went. Uh, no, the Betts family claim it's no longer in their possession, but there were rumors earlier on that the family suspected that one of the scientists might have switched out the real ball for a fake ball when returning it to the family. We do know that Dr. Hynek used to take the ball away for private studies. And according, <laughs> and according to some accounts, the last time he gave it back, it didn't roll around like it used to. <laughs> oh, weird. It was rolling around like two seconds ago in the back of my car. Anyway, bye. <laughs> it's like paper mache made of newspaper clippings. Here is the it's just a bowling ball. <laughs> Painted silver. Bright pink. I can, I can still see the holes. <laughs> he bowls it down the street to them. There you go. <laughs> it's moving like it used to. Uh, this, though, by far has got to be my favorite part of the whole story. <laughs> Years later, Dr. J. Allen Hynek's son, Paul, was approached by a woman at a convention. She asked him point blank if he'd ever heard of the bet sphere and showed him a photo of the metal ball. He replied, Hmm. I've never heard of the bet sphere, but I have seen this ball before. He went on to say that he had a big metallic sphere in the family basement for years. Paul and his brother had no idea where it came from, but they would kick it around the floor. He said it rolled well and made slight jingly noises. He did say he couldn't be sure that it's the same sphere, and sadly, of course, his father had passed away, so he couldn't ask him. But that's kind of cool to think that possibly... Dr. J. Allen Hynek did discover that there was something extraterrestrial about this ball, told everyone not to worry about it, took it back to his basement, where I assume he pulp fictioned the shit out of it, <laughs> and uh, returned this replacement ball. Wow, a lot to digest there. So weird. This is the problem in some of these paranormal cases, right, is where we've got a very difficult to parse story, as it is, and then you add in the weird complexities and idiosyncrasies of human behavior. Yeah. Like we're assuming that everyone in this is trying to tell the truth and be honest. And then you've got one of the most prominent UFO researchers of all time, apparently lying to the <laughs> owner of his ball, stealing the ball, leaving it in his basement, yeah. letting his kids play with it. It doesn't really add up, but it is also somehow believable. I know it's kind of a, a weird thing, isn't it? Where, you know, when you look back at old reports and things, you're like, well, it was declared to not be weird or this was officially mm -hmm. um, said to be this. And then even today, uh, people get caught up lying 24-7. Uh, humans are not really trustworthy people. Uh, it would be better to have a rat scientist examine the ball. And at least if there were cheese in the ball, he wouldn't be telling us, well, I didn't find any cheese. What are you talking about, cheese? <laughs> I don't know what you. I don't know what you're talking about. Where'd the ball go? I don't. Know, it's definitely not in my basement. Uh, he'd be nibbling the cheese. He'd be throwing the cheese all over the place. It's true. Um, that's why I'm obviously a huge advocate for um, more animal scientists. And sure, that's I why it's a separate issue for this podcast. I think we need to just dial in on this. You just presented a pretty wild story for the last yeah. 45 minutes. So let's just park the whole animal scientist okay. thing. I don't even want to. I, I know how these endings of these podcasts sometimes go. I don't want to get derailed with that. I think you know, you're probably right. It's it's because they could get a little off track towards the end when the case is over and the research and papers presented are done. A, a, and presented a compelling it. case as well. Yeah. That we should do justice and get to the bottom of. Of course. But I should just say before you think, because I think right now you think I'm some sort of weirdo. Mm. And that, I, that right. just came out of nowhere. 
But um, it is, of course, why I stole the monkey from okay, London Zoo. So yeah. you did do it. Um, I did do it. I, I we're g- we're going to have to cut that from the podcast. Cause... Okay. Well, then you're going to want to cut all this as well. I um, made him his own lab coat. Let's see. What else did I do? I set up a little laboratory in my spare room um, just filled with different like acids and things like that because I thought... You know, you know that whole theory which like gave him acids. What is it? With, if you yeah. put a if you put a hundred monkeys at a typewriter, um, they'll write Shakespeare write or something like that. Shakespeare, sure. So I'm just going to have one monkey. It's also not a hundred monkeys. I think statistically, it's like billions of monkeys. But anyway, right, right. Well, I, I've just got one monkey for now. I'm working on that. Um, and I'm, don't work on I'm it. putting him in a lab, um, and just giving him a ton of Red Bull, so he has the energy of a thousand monkeys. Uh, so he, you know, the workload is increased. All right. You've way- said quite, I'm going to step <laughs> in and I am going to take custody of this monkey because you are abusing this monkey no! with acid and Red Bull. Don't take Dr. Heineck. He was just learning to love. Uh, no, he hates me. He really does. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> he wants to investigate me with his teeth and claws. Most of his investigations are, um, how acid affects my face in the night. So um, I can't say if I approve of his investigations, but I, I, I damn well approve of his enthusiasm. Uh, look, you know, that's the case. That's it. That's pretty much it. Uh, there are some, uh, obviously, some logical explanations that um, people have thrown out over the years. Some people claim it's a piece of machinery off of, uh, off of uh, nearby appliances. Some people say that uh, it was part of a clock. I don't know. You can tell I didn't put a what? lot of thought into these because uh, <laughs> they're not worth our goddamn time. The most, the coolest one that I did find was um, during World War II. I believe that there were some reports of aircraft experiencing some sort of airborne dogfights involving ball-shaped UFOs right. that they believed belonged to the Germans. Um, of course, when the war was over, we realized that the, the Germans didn't have ball-shaped UFO fighter jets. But then everyone kind of just didn't care anymore and gave up because the war was over. And the descriptions of those balls kind of match this one. Uh, but this thing doesn't have like little wings or a little Gatling gun on the bottom of it. It's just a ball. So I'm yeah, not really sure. Were you in a dogfight or was this thing just minding its own business and you unloaded <laughs> your <laughs> right. machine guns on it? Took it down right over Florida. That's interesting. I mean, that seems to fit the picture, though, more of something like the Kara object, which was able to fly about on its own. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, this thing seems kind of harmless, mm-hmm. unless, of course, it is an undetonated atomic bomb. Sure. Uh, it kind of seems like, as we saw when it was on the table, it's just rolling around, just kind of seeing what's over here, seeing what's over there. Maybe it's, uh, you know, some theories, the wild ones are like, it's a alien satellite it's beaming information back to some mothership you know there's a lot of crazy theories out there but uh unfortunately aside from the the photographs and testimonies we have from people at the time there is pretty much no strong conclusion or no even real concrete theories as to what this object is it's just weird normally someone in the investigation that we're looking at is uh passionately uh campaigning for us to see it as a real ghost a real haunting a real ufo sighting a real this or that Uh, in this case we've just got a big cluster of paranormal phenomena that we really can't prove yeah and everyone's everyone's guesses as to what it is seem about as accurate as a civil war era cannonball am i right
That's no, I insist well, no, we stop the pod because <laughs> well, I, I nailed the delivery at the very least. So, yeah. uh, you know, a good well, joke we'll is let the is listeners a good joke. Be, okay. uh, judge. We can put up a poll this public week. Opinion. Yeah, we'll put up a poll this week and say who who nailed the line, and they're gonna say everyone stopped listening the first time I said it. <laughs> they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's either that or I cut the first time you said it. So it's just <laughs> me saying it twice. Uh, look, that just about wraps up this week's case into the bets sphere. Mm. The mysterious ball that fell from the sky. You know, it is a regular episode of the podcast. We do have to come down on conclusions. I wish we kind of had a stronger idea of what we what the options were, you know? Yeah. I guess just is it paranormal or not? You know, I, I don't want to rattle on for too long. But I think for me personally this week, even though I don't really understand what this thing is, I feel like without being able to crack it open and see what's inside, uh, there isn't enough to to say confidently that this is paranormal. This is one where I do have sympathy for the nerd scientists who investigated it. Because if you're J. Allen Hynek, what can you say? How can you prove? It's like trying to prove the impossible. Prove yeah. that something's from an alien planet. How can you cook the omelet without opening the space egg? You can't. Exactly. You just can't. It's a no. It's a no. Unfortunately, a double no this week. But wow, what a case. Thank you so much to Amy Grisdale for the research on that episode and Cami Toman for the editing. Arigato. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a blast uh, doing that one. You know, I've done a couple now where basically just a weird object comes out of nowhere and we tell its story from beginning to end. And I think it's great. And if you've come across any weird objects in your garden, let us know. Because uh, we would love to hear about it. Very true. Very true. Anything. Shovels. Gnomes. Sprinklers. Just a, a beautiful flower. That could be interesting enough as it is. Yeah, that might be a two-parter, actually. So thank you for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. If you're a fan of the show and you want to show it in style, as we announced last week, we are so excited to be able to offer you this Paranormal Life official merchandise. Oh, yeah. At the This Paranormal Life store kit. How do we get there? www.thisparanormallife.com Woo! And where do I type it? I don't know, on your computer, on your keyboard or something? Keyboard. And do I need Wi-Fi? For sure. All right. Yeah, so you got to have an internet connection, bud. Yeah, absolutely. But hopefully if they're listening to this, They've got, got one. You got not, one, not a big baby. deal, not a big deal. If you check that out, you can find a bunch of awesome This Paranormal Life merchandise, and we'll be adding more as we go deeper into the year, so keep your eyes peeled. So check the link in the description of this podcast. That's a direct link to our store, thisparanormallife.com forward slash store. And of course, if you're a fan of the show and want to take that support even further, we have the This Paranormal Life Patreon this is where you get that juicy bonus audio content. Let's say you've listened to every episode once, twice, thrice, and you're dying for more paranormal goodness. For as little as five buckaroos a month, you get access to our monthly bonus episode, of which there is now 40 episodes plus, possibly. Something like that. There's yeah. a lot to go through, uh, dating back to pretty much all the way back to when we first started this podcast, which is amazing. You get to hear this stuff that no one else gets to hear. And it is uh, a great way to just support the show and make sure that things keep running here over at the TPL studios. It's that simple, folks. All you got to do is turn on your Wi-Fi router. Yeah. Then open up your netbook. 
Startup Netbook. Windows 95. No, these are all really outdated. We actually have <laughs> then a pretty... you better do a quick antivirus scan. No, we actually have a pretty young demographic, so I think because viruses people... are everywhere. Well, no, they're not on the store. They're not on the, this part Could of the store. Could <laughs> they're be. Could be. Definitely though. not. They're on every website, <laughs> crawling the internet. No, they, don't. That's listen why to you're going to need Norton's antivirus. Don't listen. Don't listen to him. Look, just uh, just go on the store. Check out the merch. Check out the Patreon, and we'll be back next Tuesday with a new case faster than a civil era war cannonball my that's friends. enough <laughs> even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.